0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for October the 27th. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide and absolutely we're convinced. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. A quick recap of yesterday's show is in order. We had our guest on, Bobby Python. He's a candidate for the U.S. Senate in Illinois. Yeah, does a great job, bobbypython.com, his name. He wants to abolish the Federal Reserve and a whole lot more. Amen. Let's get her done. We then had our guest on, Mr. Ethan Hay, because the truth always matters. Yeah, he put together a new website with a couple of girls. Yeah, friends of his. Uh, and the three business partners created a website called truthmatters.biz. And he's a journalist, uh, just finishing college, etc. And, uh, hey, because the truth always matters, he's ready to abolish the Federal Reserve, too. Truthmatters.biz. Check out that new news site. More and more people standing up for liberty, taking on the mainstream press like never before. The new media is indeed taking center stage, ladies and gentlemen. Our third guest of the first hour was Gunnar Thorderson. And he's the vice president of Today's America. Today's dot. America. Com is the website. He also works a lot with uh, TPUSA or TurningPointUSA.com, doing a great job trying to rescue children and a lot more. But good stuff from Gunner. We also talked about a Harvard study now finds COVID-19 surge greatest or most among vaxxed communities. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? They literally did a big old study over there at Harvard, and they first studied country after country all around the world, and they found out that the countries that are vaxxed the most have the most outbreak of the cocoa virus. Then they said, wait a minute, this can't be true. So they went to the United States and compared state against state, county against county, all 2,900 plus counties, almost 3,000 counties. And lo and behold, the same thing came true. The more counties vaxed, the greater the outbreak and the greater the cocoa abuse. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that exactly what we told you from the start of this? scam demic it's a planned demic. it was a planned scam no doubt about it but they literally said two weeks to flatten the curve they lied two years later it's worst in the counties where the vaccine was rushed to market by your government the classic communist hegelian dialectic lie at your fingertips hey we got a problem there's no good answer Everything leads to government solving everything for you. And what you do is you end up trading your security for liberty, and the Founding Fathers warned you'll end up with neither, and that's what we're seeing today. Harvard even doubles down and documents the point, ladies and gentlemen. Second hour, <laughs> we uh, simulcast. It's BrideyOn.TV every Tuesday, second hour, the TV show. It's actually like the Sheriff Max Show, but we simulcast at Liberty Roundtable Live, second hour, Tuesdays. We had our guest on mike miller warriors for ranchers he lives 40 miles off the mexico border ladies and gentlemen warriorsforranchers.com is his website and it's a 501c3 organization that literally focuses on providing relief to the farmers and the ranchers because of the border uh, problems that we're facing and he documented the reality that the border crisis is key to understanding How and why the enemies of liberty are using the border crisis to turn America into a communist nation. Yeah, he talked about literally just abuse on the border, death and destruction everywhere. I was with Mike a couple of days ago in person in Salt Lake City, ladies and gentlemen, at the Salt Palace. And Mike sat across the table with me and did an interview. And I shook his hand, and I'm telling you, he's for real. And Mike literally showed us on his cell phone a shooting from the border. It'll turn your stomach. I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, when Joe Biden and communist Kamala Harris, that's my opinion. She's a communist. And my opinion to which I'm entitled, there you have it, free speech, baby. Anyway, all I'm telling you is he literally showed us that it'll turn your stomach. They're ignoring the the border, ladies and gentlemen. They're letting us literally uh, be infested with criminals. They are literally aiding and abetting the drug cartels. When I say they, I mean your federal government, even the state of Texas and Greg Abbott. They're not stopping this. They are busing people at night to every, quote, red state, every red county in the country. You think it's a border problem? Yes, it is, but it's more than that. You will have criminals, perverts, sex traffickers, drug traffickers, slave trade traffickers, all throughout the United States. They're literally partnering with cartels bringing them over the border, bussing them to your community at night, processing them. It is a triad between religious organizations that think they're doing good, providing money and aid and support and, and protection, uh, and the government in bed with the drug cartels and tra- slave trafficking cartels from around the world, all in a triad. And ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what's coming for you. Anyway, riveting interview with Mike on TV. If you haven't seen it, TV, check it out. The sheriff is in Texas training, so he wasn't there. But it was myself on the Sheriff Mack show uh, breaking this down just for you. Riveting. Scary as all get out. Mike says we need to pass Texas House Bill, HB 141. We need to hold Greg Abbott responsible, ladies and gentlemen. We need to realize that the U.S. southern border is suffering from an invasion. They say 2,000 migrants literally broke through the Mexican army line. Mike documents these drug cartels that are trafficking, they literally have better military hardware than the United States government now. This is shocking reality, folks, and it's going to get much, much, much worse because your leaders have betrayed us for filthy lucre. Thanks to Governor Abbott's efforts, America can see that it's Texas working. To secure our border in Biden's absence. That's what the headline I just got during the broadcast yesterday with Michael. And my response is not. Craig Abbott's not doing anything, folks. Not anything substantive or real. You ask the county sheriffs and you ask Mike Miller. It isn't true. WarriorsforRanchers.com. Uh, we wrapped up by telling you the archive of the second hours on TV at TV, But it's Brighteon.com for the archives, I guess. And it's up in audio. And, of course, LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, and more. Spread the word. I'm telling you, a riveting hour with Mike Miller, full of truth. And I'm telling you right now, the repercussions of this is beyond amazing. Literally, that video on Mike's phone, you literally hear the shots. Uh, uh, you literally see. I can't even go into it. It's just sick. But they're that close to the border, that close to the reality, that close to what's really going on. He says at about 11 p.m., when y'all go to sleep, The government, the religious institutions, and the drug cartels go to work. So from about 11 p.m. to about 5 p.m., they're rocking and rolling, distributing these people all over the country, all over the interior of the United States, and he has documented proof of his efforts. Ladies and gentlemen, it is absolutely sickening. That's a recap of yesterday's show. News the networks refuse to use starts now, and today we won't disappoint either. My co-host, guest, if you will, Mr. James Edwards, talk show host in his own right, thepoliticalcesspool.org, dear friend and author of the book Racism, Schmachism. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
2: It's great to uh, be here with you, Sam, today. It's always a party when we're together uh, on my monthly stop here at Liberty Roundtable. and going to be a party afterwards as well. My son turned seven years old today, so it's uh, celebration, celebratory stuff uh, from start to finish today here at the Edwards home.
1: Congratulations on that, by the way, to Good Henry. And uh, seven's a cool
2: age, man. That's when they start thinking they know stuff. <laughs> you got it. I wish uh, he lost his two front teeth. I mean, his two front teeth are gone, so he looks like a vampire. I don't know what to say. He just—it's—it's uh, it's a wonderful age. I know you've had a lot of seven-year-old birthdays, a lot of seventh birthdays with your with your brood. It is—it is wonderful. Every stage is wonderful. Thank God for it.
1: I remember when my daughter was 10, and my daughter and my son wanted to go somewhere. My son was like 9, and my daughter's 10, and she says, listen, I know everything, and my brother knows half.
2: (laughs) 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 I
3: thought it was quite interesting, so they should be able to go somewhere, (laughs) because she knew everything, and he knew half,
1: you know?
2: That's right. Hey, that's all you need.
1: (laughs) Anyway, very fascinating. Congratulations to Henry. James Edwards with me, ladies and gentlemen. We have got a lot to talk about, so let's just dig right in. Did you hear that update on the border, James? Which one? All right. Well, you have to go watch Brighty on TV. I just gave in a, the last four minutes an update on the border. It was a shocking update as well, but Brighty on TV has the details. Uh, and it is riveting. They're literally bussing uh, slave trade leaders sex trade leaders they're literally importing them into the United States and busting them into every community your government's in bed with the religious organizations and the drug cartels right now to get it done according to Mike Miller uh, warriors for rancherscom yes 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 of course sam uh, and he literally you know there's a so much going- to me on the phone about a live shooting it was, it'll sicken you and turn your stomach sir
2: this is uh, they're able to lie so effectively and I think we may get into this later, about what's going on presently. Think about how easy it is uh, f- for them to lie about what uh, may have happened in the past. Uh, that's something to consider. But, yes, I mean, what's going on on the border, the fact that, uh, that we do have such a controlled media that uh, it is. And, and again, we're, we're so grateful for places like Brideon. If it wasn't for the work you're doing on this network and uh, at that uh, organ, it wouldn't be known at all. And uh, what you and Mac have done is, is incredible, and it takes people like that to get the truth out. And the truth will overcome one day. I do believe it. Warriorsforranchers.com. Mike Miller doing a phenomenal job. Support
1: him. He's for real. You are listening to James Edwards and Sam Bushman on Liberty Roundtable Live.
4: Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion
5: quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left. Are they explicit about that? Yes, it's it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because, uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota, and for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know we're about reducing the number
4: of abortions, we're about, you know, prevention, all of these other services. I was shocked. So since you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay.
5: Abortions Planned Parenthood provides over three hundred and thirty thousand abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting news. The Networks Refuse to use. starts now. James Edwards with me. Her name is Claudette Colvin. Colvin. She refused to give up her bus seat to a white woman in Montgomery, Alabama, in March 1955, nine months before Rosa Parks, ladies and gentlemen. She was arrested. She was 15 years old at the time. For not giving up her seat on the bus, ladies and gentlemen. Now she wants her record expunged is why we're bringing it up in the news right now. Six decades later, Miss Calvin filed a petition on Tuesday to have her juvenile arrest record expunged. Saying in an affidavit that, well, justice is overdue. She was initially convicted of violating the city's segregation law and of disorderly conduct, and of assaulting an officer, but she appealed, and back in the day, she was only sentenced to probation, only on the, quote, assault charge, which may have been something as small as, you know, accidentally stepping on a officer's toes, they say, in modern times. That's what her lawyer, Philip Ensler, says. One police officer, they say, kicked her, while another dragged her backwards off the bus, and handcuffed her. That's according to her statements. Uh, The interesting thing about this whole story is then they took her to the police station. And, of course, they were joking about her bra size, she says, and a whole lot more. And uh, it was just abuse all the way down the line. Uh, But the interesting thing is you don't even know this lady's name. Now she's 82 years old, and she wants justice. Not for herself, of course, but for all those who come after. Grandmother wants her grandchildren to know that, you know what, She was standing up for what was right. Uh, That's kind of the summation of the modern um, story and what's happening right now. All you know is Rosa Parks, the much older, much more sophisticated, much more finely manipulated in the media reality check on this story. Bottom line is it makes the blacks look great. It makes society look horrible. uh, And it literally twists the reality Uh, of the truth. It's not even accurate history, ladies and gentlemen, of what we know in the uh, mainstream or media today. That's where it's going to start. James Edwards.
2: Sam uh, we could spend the rest of the hour on this because I think it's a very fascinating thing to recall. I made a moment uh, a comment a moment ago that they are able to lie so effectively about things that are happening in real time and pull the wool over people 's eyes. Think about how much more easy it is to lie about things that happened seventy years ago and that 's actually why you caught me a little bit flat footed and I apologize for that in your question about the border. I was doing a little research on this because I knew we were going to be getting into it and uh, so I, I the timing of this is pretty interesting to me. I got an email. Just two days ago uh, from a young lady in Maryland. And if you'd give me a chance to develop this, I think I can bring it into uh, sharp focus here. So she writes, uh, hello, James. Uh, I'm a new listener, and I love your show. I'm incredibly interested in the book, Another View of the Civil Rights Movement, that I learned about on your show. I cannot find it for sale anywhere, and of course that makes me feel that it is extremely important. Do you know of any way I can get a copy of the book? And then she goes on to say just a little bit more about me. I'm 36 years old and married with two children. Growing up, my father uh, I remember my father challenging some of the things I was learning in school, but he did not leave me with a great foundation or readily available resources uh, supporting what he was trying to tell me. Fast forward to the current times, and I know something is terribly, terribly wrong, but I can't quite understand or couldn't quite understand or articulate what it was. So I started reading as much as I could, starting with the War Between the States and going on down all sorts of rabbit holes from there. Uh, we live in Maryland, and it's particularly hostile here, especially for homeschooling families. So I'm trying to build a library so that my children can have access to the truth at any time. I'm so thankful for you and uh, any help you can give me. Very, uh, You're very much appreciated. So this was uh, an email that I received just a couple of days ago inquiring about a book, Another View uh, of the Civil Rights Movement. This book was written by the former chief of police in Montgomery, Alabama, during the 1960s. He was actually the police officer who was photographed in the iconic uh, picture fingerprinting Rosa Parks uh, when she was booked uh, for the incident you mentioned. And uh, he had intimate dealings with Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy and the whole lot. Uh, He was responsible for a lot of their security when they would come into town for their demonstrations. And he wrote a book about uh, what happened from his perspective and from the perspective of law enforcement. And uh, before he died, he died a couple of years ago at the age of 90. And I replayed an interview that we had done with him from the mid-2000s, and it reignited interest in the book. And uh, still to this day, we hear, we hear from people from it. We just got this email. Uh, so Officer Lackey, though, uh, explains in the book, and uh, he explained on the air, that that whole thing with the Montgomery bus boycotts and these people being arrested was entirely stage-managed. And he mentions that there were the two women that were arrested for the same thing before Rosa Parks. But the reason why you don't hear about them is because they did have records and that the people that were orchestrating uh, the resistance to the laws at the time wanted somebody who was clean cut, who uh, had um, uh, a flawless and unblemished background, and that's why they went with Rosa Parks, and they said you know, the the other two, uh, they could get into some, some things, some problems with the laws that they had had, and they just didn't make the right poster woman uh, for this, uh, but Rosa Parks did, and that's why Rosa Parks is famous, and uh, and these other people are not, but yes, I mean, as far as exactly what these people were up to, I you know, it's cliche to say that they were backed and trained by communists, that they were insurrectionists, and that they were... Uh, people who ultimately, I mean, what we've seen, I think the fruits of what they brought, we saw in Minneapolis last year. That was the end game of it all. Now, did everybody have those intentions at the time? Was it everybody's intentions to to uh, actually and, in effect, switch places to where whites become the discriminated class uh, and, and uh, minorities are the ones that are held blameless and can do no wrong in the eyes of the law? I don't know, but that's where we are. And it all started back then in the mid-1950s in Birmingham and in Alabama and in Montgomery. All right. You
1: want to hear an interesting story? I've been looking on Google while you've been doing this. And as you know, Google has become a tool of propaganda, literally filtering searches, manipulating the results over and over. And I type in Drew Lackey, and I find all kinds of Dancing with the Stars, and I find all kinds of other stuff. If I put in Officer Drew Lackey, I don't really find much. But if I really get my keywords perfect and I don't even remember exactly now, Oh, I got exactly there, but I think I put in Drew Lackey, Rosa Parks. Uh, Drew, I'm sorry, Drew Lackey, Officer Rosa Parks. When I finally get my words right, here's what comes up. Are you ready? Hit me. Remembering Chief Drew Lackey, James Edwards.
2: Huh. You know, well, that's interesting, Sam. That actually and makes me feel so good.
1: Politicalcesspool.org.
2: He was a good guy. Uh, I didn't know him well. We interviewed him. He and I both spoke at a conference together in the mid-2000s, which is where we first became acquainted. His book is mainly a defense of the police. Uh, To get right down to it, I actually reread it again recently. It's mostly a defense of the police. Uh, in so much as, hey, we maintained law and order, and we tried to maintain the laws as they were written. That was what our job was to do. We tried to treat everyone with dignity and respect. There were a lot of bad actors on both sides. There were some blacks that were very polite. There were some whites that were that were out to cause trouble, and I think he was very even-handed in that. Uh, but he 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 doesn't pull punches with regards to, hey, this whole thing as much as you think you know you don't know the half of it all of this was organized and he said martin luther king said hey we want to go to jail we want to be arrested so we can challenge these things in court uh but he also goes into the thing that you'll never hear which is where you know crime and violent the violence followed uh every one of these marches or demonstrations or what you want to call it with the officers being pelted with feces and urine uh of course the cameras didn't roll until the water hoses got turned on or or the uh, the fire hoses or the dogs got uh, got loose But, uh, yes, I mean, you have people coming in, tempers flaring, uh, a lot of violence. Again, we saw all this in Minnesota. It's much more fresh what we saw during the riots of uh, George Floyd's uh, day. It wasn't too dissimilar back in the 50s. But, of course, that's all been whitewashed, (laughs) I guess pun intended, uh, and uh, you just don't get both sides of it. Right now the only story that prevails is uh, the – Benighted so-called civil rights marchers were were sainted and they could they were perfect, they were flawless, they were cherubs, and anybody who opposed any part of their agenda were, were of course the white supremacists, the racists, the, the bigots, and the and the people that you need to oppose. It's just not that simple. Ladies and though. gentlemen, the reason that I bring it up now though is they're literally modern
1: times now talking about Claudette Calvin and how she's eighty-two years old, and now what they're doing is they're backing into this discussion where she's above reproach. She was a 15-year-old girl thinking about, you know, a boy in school, uh, staring out the window in the bus. And by golly, the cops literally abused her, beat her up, mocked her bra size, and took her to jail. By golly, but you didn't hear about her back in the day at all.
2: You're not going to hear. You're not going to hear
1: what
2: what the first-hand sources say or the eyewitness sources, the sources who actually dealt with them. You're not going to hear any of those interviews saying she was trained to do that. She was doing her job. They decided not to use her and not to let her become the media, a focal point because you didn't quite fit the mold. Now that, That's what I've heard from people who were there. I wasn't there, so I don't know one way or the other. I'm just telling you.
1: That Here's the- what I know. I thought we were supposed to have uh, <clears throat> not fake news. And uh, now this is fake news on steroids. Hold-
0: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
0: The shooting on the movie set of the western film Rust could result in criminal charges, according to New Mexico District Attorney Mary Carmack. A warrant on Tuesday revealed that authorities collected ammunition and multiple firearms from the set and is trying to determine who loaded the gun. A heck of a storm was slamming the northeast with record rainfall and powerful winds over Tuesday night, causing flash flooding that resulted in people having to be rescued on New Jersey and New York roads. All of southern New England westward to New York City and northern New Jersey was under the threat of flash flooding and coastal flooding from a nor'easter. Surfers beware, hungry sharks do think your food. Young white sharks, which are responsible for the majority of attacks on people, cannot distinguish between humans and seals. That's according to research at Macquarie University in Sydney, Australia. Sharks are colorblind and don't see very well. USA Radio News.
5: COVID is spiking again, and it's just not clear how to keep your family safe. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID, and the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Learn more at Exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world
7: takes temperature. But we have a truck leaving with a big order on Tuesday. Tina's
5: floor manager retired, leaving her tortilla factory flat out. What do
1: you mean she's on a silent retreat?
5: She must fill the role and all those orders. Indeed can help her hire great people fast.
1: I need Indeed.
5: Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com/credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Kyle Rittenhouse, a young man that shot three people during a protest against police brutality in Wisconsin, is going to trial Monday. The wording on the people involved is being set by the judge in the case. Those that chased and were shot by Rittenhouse can be called rioters, looters, and arsonists. But they shouldn't be called victims. Kenosha County Judge Bruce Schroeder in the murder trial ruled this week. General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, warned Wednesday that China's test of a hypersonic missile is very concerning and very close to the kind of Sputnik moment that triggered the space race during the Cold War. President Biden on Tuesday, stumping for Democrat Terry McAuliffe's gubernatorial run in Virginia, seemed fixated on President Trump. During a speech, Biden mentioned President Trump by name 24 times in a 17-minute speech. Republican Glenn Youngkin is tied with McAuliffe in recent polls. The election is next week. Tuesday, the Atlanta Braves won Game 1 of the World Series 6-2 over the Houston Astros. Game 2 is tonight. USA Radio News.
1: All right, James Edwards with me, ladies and gentlemen. Claudette Calvin. You know nothing about her, ladies and gentlemen. That was by design by your government in bed with the media. But, ladies and gentlemen, she, I guess, didn't give up her seat at 15 years old nine months before Rosa Parks. But as James Edwards wisely documents, (laughs) through Drew Drew Lackey and others that were the police at the time, I'm not saying you totally got to agree with the police side of the discussion, but I am saying, ladies and gentlemen, they all literally peddled fake news and manipulated history. And, you know, I really question Rosa Parks' character on a lot of fronts. Number one, the whole thing was staged. Number two, though, and even more importantly, if you're Rosa Parks, Why would you take credit? Did she not know that these other people had been taking on this battle before she ever did? And what about someone's character? If James does something heroic and then later somehow we stage something and I do something heroic and then I take credit for it for all these years and now when this lady's 82, they're like, hey, the real hero was this person and now she wants her record expunged and by golly, it's time for justice. Well, doesn't justice call for accountability from the government, the people who you know, staged this, hold on, and the media to tell the truth about this whole thing. Um, James Edwards and others were calling this out back in the day, years and years ago, uh, on this. People have been truth-tellers about this for a long time. Uh, we'll get into the details of, of what should have happened maybe, but all I'm telling you is this is fake news to the ump degree, ladies and gentlemen. What, back in
2: the 60s? There you have it, James. In the 50s. Yeah, the mid-50s even, and that's the thing, Sam, I don't know this woman from Adam's house cat. Uh, She could be a great lady. She could have always been um, some sort of a malcontent or an insurrectionist. But um, I think my default position on everything, and, and I think this is a healthy or at least an understandable position to have, is that Uh, The majority of your listeners, I'm sure, would agree that there is a very much anti-American leftist bent that comes out of our medium. And with all the stories that they turn out on a daily basis, we understand that so much of it is the complete inversion of reality. We see it all the time with January 6th. Well, just with anything, the the border. You name an issue, the media is going to have an inverted view of reality on it. And if we know that to be true about all that we've seen in recent years throughout our lives, the exception is going to be a story now, this breaking news story that's 70 years old that we never knew before that they're coming out with today. They're telling the truth on this one. We know they lie about everything else, but this one, they're probably telling the truth. No, I'm sorry. They have earned their reputation, and they have earned, uh through their deceit, the fact that I have to question, and in fact, the default position for me is to believe the exact opposite of anything I'm told by the establishment media organs, the Department of Truth, as it were, and so just by that logic alone, even if I did know people who had an intimate, eyewitness, hands-on... um part in in this story like officer drew lackey the former chief of police in alabama the man who fingerprinted rosa parks the man who was right there on the ground and knew all of these people even if he's completely lying about what he saw uh, i would still have to say i completely distrust the media and uh, this story is no exception all right what should have been
1: done here about this this 15 uh, year old girl uh, now she says i want you know hey justice should make my record expunged on this thing six decades later. Uh, she didn't really get the whole book thrown at her for what she they complained she did. But what's the truth? Did she really assault the police officer? Did she really do the things that they claimed she did? Or was this just the cops making up stuff to make it worse? Then they drop all the charges and, well, only the assault charge remains. Then they basically say, well, she was arrested for an assault charge, but yet... Uh, the media says, well, she was arrested for not giving up her seat on the bus, which is it, ladies and gentlemen, the truth shall set you free. And we're not to the bottom of the truth on this one yet, James.
2: You know, that's again, Sam, what this book is mainly about. He does talk about uh, a little bit of the things that I've gotten into here, but ultimately it was the defense of the police. And he and the preface of the book, I don't have it in front of me right now. I'm actually looking at it on my desk, but I read it just yesterday. This this part, in fact, not even knowing we we're going to be talking about this today. So that was really, I think, just timely again. Uh, but he says, you know, you talk about the law enforcement, particularly of Alabama during that era, being so maligned and you know, they were just so evil. They were these Nazi types that just lived to pick on poor black women and, you know, young black kids and, and, and just be white supremacists. And he said they were the most honorable men, even with all of the invective that was hurled at them, all of the lies uh, that they upheld law and order uh, with honor. And uh, I, I believe it. Uh, you know, a, again, I don't know how many law enforcement officers there were in Alabama. Maybe a couple of them got out of hand. I don't know, but that was, I think, the exception to the rule. Uh, and with regards to, yeah, of course, I think now it looks kind of silly to to arrest people for the, you know, the the bus seat situation. Uh, but it's also something you have to remember if you're being honest and if you're being fair. It's so much. It's, it's difficult to 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 judge people from. Coming up on, I mean, we're as close to a hundred years ago, uh, ago now from this as we are fifty years ago. Uh, it's hard to judge different people from a different time by today's standards. But I no, think hold a on, good that
1: no doubt that is one of the most quintessential points that needs to be made here, ladies and gentlemen. Number one, you cannot judge their circumstances by our quote metrics. If you do, you're dishonest in your narrative. Without a doubt, that's number one.
2: That that's number- something that's gotta Go be that's gotta be your position when you look back on this not from hey if they would have lived in 2021 think about how silly they look for doing this no put yourself in 1955 and i don't think you would have 2021 uh ideas on things if you were in 1955 and i'm not saying that's good or bad I, i'm just saying that's just that's just a matter of fact now that's a with, reality that being check. Said, with that being said with uh, that you asked me in break if I was on the bus what I would have done. I would have enforced the laws as it was written, even if that uh, entailed removing these people and arresting them for not giving up their seat. I, I think you're on a very slippery slope if you start deciding, hey, we're going to pick and choose uh, by our own uh, standards, uh, and, as individual police officers, which laws we're going to enforce. I mean, imagine the sort of anarchy and carnage and mayhem uh, that, that takes place. If every police officer is just able to, based upon his own ideas of the way things should be, Pick and choose which laws are going to be enforced, and I think we've got a whole hell of a lot of that going on. Frankly, not just uh, in this country now, but uh, up at the very highest levels with government. Well, we're not going to secure the border; it's kind of politically incorrect. We don't want to do that. Uh, so we're just. Oh, gonna now you get dealers- why I
1: focus so much on the border to start this discussion. So I got a question for you: Is the 1955 arresting of Claudette Calvin, uh, and then the giving Rosa Parks the credit for six decades before we then say we need justice? <laughs> For Claudette, how's that relate to the border crisis of today, where Americans are literally helping criminals cross our border, uh, and then uh, infest—let me say that again—infest—let me say that again—infest every county in the country (laughs) with hardened illegal criminals bent on sex and drug trafficking and slavery in the sex trafficking trade around the world, um, is the modern-day illegal equivalent? And if we're not going to uphold the law, we're going to say they're undocumented immigrants, uh, they're whatever, and we and we minimize... Minim- Does one lead to the other, and is that where we are? And, and, you know, you could say, well, no, Sam, that's crazy town talk. Oh, it is, huh? Well, we're talking about laws, and if laws don't mean things, and borders don't mean things, then, then what do we got? And so I'm not defending... Uh, abuse to blacks, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to get across is there's ways to change laws in America and uh, there are ways to uphold laws in America. Now, I personally believe that, hey, uh, both the modern day slave trader getting transferred into America by our government and given special privilege um, and the dis- civil disobedience of yesteryear, I think they're akin and that's why I bring this up, ladies and gentlemen, is, hey, what laws are we going to upheld, uphold? What if I decide I don't want to pay my taxes? Is that okay compared to the <laughs> criminal, compared to this lady, compared to, or what if I decide, you know, where do we go from here? If I steal a car, I go to jail, right? If an illegal steals a car, this is what Mike Miller brought up just yesterday. If an illegal steals a car, do you know that it's just, um, well, they didn't have documentation to borrow the vehicle, that's all. Did you know that? So uh, you can say this doesn't relate to one another, ladies and gentlemen. My question is, does it? And I think the answer is clear, resounding. Yes, it does, James.
2: And as soon as you started talking about when you told me before we went on the air that we're going to be talking about Claudette, Colvin, and as soon as you started on immigration, my mind's wheel started to turn, and I said, you know, there is a connection here and there is a parallel. Man, we could continue to talk about this. I think, yes, I think the seeds of what we saw with the anarchy, With the burning down of cities and the looting and the arson, uh, with George Floyd, those riots, I think the seed was planted in the mid-1950s. There is a direct connection there, and the connection is excusing it because of fill in the blank, because of oppression, because of racism. You excuse it. Back then, it was just, hey, you're just excusing a little old lady didn't want to give up her seat. Well, she wasn't even an old lady then; just the young kids that want to give up their seat. Well, now you're 15 years old. She wasn't even old enough to drive, ladies and gentlemen. The sacking, the sacking of police stations is being uh, excused now. And uh, I think if you don't like a law, you change the law, okay? You can work to do that. But it is biblical to come under the authority of laws and, and to enforce the laws as they are. Again, you don't like them, work to change them. Uh, the work that, that they're doing to change them now is complete anarchy, though. Ladies and gentlemen, hang
1: tight. We'll come back and finish on this. Then i got a bunch of other related topics for the next hour, too. Hang tight.
8: Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest and most respected nation on earth visit to preserve the and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation
7: okay girls about finished with your lesson on money
6: daddy what is a buy sell spread for gold coins
7: well when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth say twelve hundred dollars you don't actually get twelve hundred dollars but don't worry we're members of upma now so we don't have to worry about that Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org.
1: James Edwards, the political cesspool.org, Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking about Drew Lackey, the police chief back in the day, we're talking about this scenario, and fake news is everywhere all over this thing. And James would have upheld the law. Sheriff Richard Mack would have escorted the lady home and given her preferential treatment. I fall somewhere in the middle. I look at it and say, you know what? Uh, It is unconstitutional to treat a person like that. Uh, At the same time, those were the laws on the books. And the founding fathers uh, had a lot of these battles, too. The founding fathers, for the most part, many of them were against slavery. And against this abuse that that uh, permeates somewhat of our culture but at the same time that you know what society takes a long time to change uh and so i kind of fall in the middle i think upholding the law is important but i also think this law violates the constitution and where do we go with some of these laws that violate the constitution biblically we're supposed to uphold the law but that would be the law w- that would be god's law and the law of liberty not man's law that would circumvent liberty in many cases well here's the reason that I bring all this up because we're not gonna solve the fact that Rosa Parks was dishonest and took credit for what others had done before her, others who may even be more deserving uh, of kudos for their actions. Um, it's hard to say, you know, the law is the law. How do you change the law? Is it civil disobedience? Well, what they want you to believe is when it comes to the left and the liberal and the communist and the socialist side, civil disobedience is always justified all the way to literally creating a city within a city called Chaz. When the right (laughs) does it, though, it's never justified. It's always criminal activity of the highest order. That's what you need to know. Well, think of that divide now as we go modern times to a current case before our robed thugs now. Far-right organizers intended to foment violence, victims... Say, that's the headline, ladies and gentlemen, by Neil McFargetter. He wrote an article, but we're talking about the civil trial that started on Monday. Two days ago, we'll examine whether the far-right organizers had plotted to foment violence. Yeah, they counter and say that bloodshed stemmed from self-defense, don't you know? Uh, what are we talking about? The answer is? Charlottesville, they talked about the violent rally, started with a mob mentality, brandishing, burning torches. Anyway, it goes on and on. But you got Charlottesville, uh, which happened in what, 2016? When was it, twenty seventeen? Yeah, it was August 12th,
2: 2017. All right. So just over four years ago, so much for a
1: speedy trial. Sadly, people on the (laughs) right are sitting in prison sadly uh the due process of law has been violated a speedy trial has been jettisoned the left side completely uh vindicated at least in the press completely treated with kid gloves like their rock stars like their rosa parks uh, like their claudette squeaky clean innocent good people just doing what needs to be done there to preserve their freedom and their right. but the right slam basted for their actions Donald Trump tried to say there was good people and bad people on both sides. Slaughtered for that kind of a statement. Uh, But the trial starts now, James. Again, I think these are directly tied to 1955.
2: They are absolutely directly tied, Sam. And this is really putting a a wonderful bow on this hour's commentary. This, again, is why I'm so skeptical about the sanitized media media accounting of what happened in the 1950s, who were the good guys, who were the bad guys, uh, without any nuance whatsoever, uh, I wasn't there, okay? So I can't give you eyewitness testimony to that, but I can in this case. And I can tell you, with every fiber of my being, that what you've been led to believe about Charlottesville is the exact opposite of reality. So what really happened there, and I know this because I've interviewed these people, a lot of them, anyway. Now, look, and I should preface what I'm about to say by saying this. There were 5,000 people who were there that day on behalf of the uh, rally called Unite the Right. Out of 5,000 people, did I know all 5,000? Uh, is it possible that there were some of the 5,000 there who were looking to cause trouble, who went there for a fight, who hate people for the color of their skin? Absolutely. Now, there very well could have been and probably were people like that. But for people that I know, I don't know anybody like that. What I know Uh, for a fact, was that a group of people got together and it swelled into a very big group of people. But the purpose of their intended rally that day was to protest against the removal of a statue in Charlottesville, Virginia of Robert E. Lee. And Robert E. Lee, I think this is beyond debate. Of course, anything can be debated now. Uh, if you're a male or a female, can be debated and everything else. In fact, it's not even really debated anymore. They've closed the, the the discussion. You are what you feel you are. So that that's where we're at. Okay, so I mean, they'll lie about something that simple, but they're not going to lie about this. Okay. Well, Robert E. Lee was, in my opinion, the greatest American. He was a godly, godly man. He was a great man and a great leader and a man who was worthy of monuments in the public square. And, in fact, a man that we should most certainly be trying to emulate in our daily lives and in all things. Uh, so that's who they were there uh, in in defense of. Now, the headlines read, of course, white supremacists are returning to Charlottesville, but this time they're on trial. Uh, that was um, the Washington Post. NPR writes, hate on trial in Virginia, four years after deadly extremist rally. Well, of course we're against white supremacists. Of course we're against hate. Throw the book at these guys. But the fact of the matter is, Sam, and again, facts are stubborn things. Ronald Reagan said that. The fact is, in America, you have the right, or at least you did. Perhaps that ended in 2017. You have the right, though, or you had the right, to obtain a permit to hold a demonstration at a public park. That's called freedom of speech and assembly. And by the way, there's also a thing called the First Amendment. And even if this was hate speech, which it was not, but even if it was, what is the First Amendment unless it defends hate speech, unless it defends things that are controversial uh, and outside the pale? What, what good is it if, if the freedom of speech only defends things that everybody agrees with? Of course you need the First Amendment to, to uh, defend unpopular things, but I'm not saying that's what this was. I'm saying it's not that. But even if it was, so what? That's what makes this country or what made this country unique. So the narrative of what happened in Charlottesville is a complete inversion of reality. What happened that day, and by the way, a federal judge at the 11th hour, literally at around midnight the day before the rally, upheld the permit that was legally obtained by the organizer, whose name is Jason Kessler, and I've talked to this man. They thought they were going to go and speak out on the removal of the monument and have some speeches there at at the park and go home there have been many demonstrations like this uh, across the south in the years leading up to this Uh, but that all went on its head here and what happened in charlottesville was a collusion in my opinion of the federal government of the state government terry mcauliffe governor of virginia uh, the police department in in charlottesville and all that's going to be fleshed out here now i don't know if this is going to be a kangaroo court or a show trial or what Uh, But if there is any justice left in the court system, the defendants in Charlottesville are going to be exonerated in this case. Uh, The violence, and by the way, by the way, this is something again. Hey, it's hard to remember what was going on in the 50s, but we have reliable sources to tell us what happened here. Listen to this. I've got to say this. Um, The city of Charlottesville commissioned An official report on the happenings of that day, and it's called the Hefey Report. The city of Charlottesville, the city itself, selected an investigator by the name of Timothy Heafy to write the official report sanctioned by the city of Charlottesville. And his report completely exonerates the defendants. And it's been completely brushed under the rug. But you can find it. It's the Heafy Report. This is a city-sponsored and city-sanctioned report. And he says the violence came from the left. It was the Antifa. It was the Black Lives Matter. It was the people who were there to oppose the people who were there in support of the Lee Monument that were responsible for the events of that day. Case closed. The facts led me to that conclusion. That's what the city of Charlottesville, an investigator said. After Ladies looking and gentlemen, at this let's be very, very clear. Very, very thoroughly.
1: I'm not saying that Claudette Calvin should be abused. I'm not saying that Ro- uh, Rosa Parks should be abused. What we're saying is laws are laws, and they need to be upheld. And there are ways to change laws if you don't like them. But the civil disobedience efforts of the left have literally created Chaz, a city within a city of flat-out violence where they literally— overran the police department so the pendulum swings ladies and gentlemen to extreme levels now the left and the right battle is going on the civil trial started monday in charlottesville virginia four years later they say the reason for the repeated delays don't you know it's always the covid insanity ladies and gentlemen now president donald j trump said there were very fine people on both sides I think there's truth to that. But he got slaughtered for that statement. To make their case, though, listen to this, and this is where it really gets kind of crazy. To make their case, lawyers for the plaintiffs are trying to combine what they call online evidence with a somewhat obscure law from the Civil War era. They're using, quote, chat conversations leaked from Discord A platform for game enthusiasts, by the way, as well as a draft of telephone texts, tweets, and other social media posts to try to prove that the organizers participated in a conspiracy to foment violence against a racial minority, which is, of course, illegal. Now, they then talk about the derogatory remarks made about black people, Jews. Uh, activists from Black Lives Matter and Antifa, et cetera, They're just poor people are totally abused. They're trying to pitch that to prosecutors. Now listen to this. Listen to this. And their strategy is anchored in a law, a federal law from 1871 that is often called the Ku Klux Klan Act, designed to prevent the Klan from denying freed slaves their civil rights. They say it's provisions, even outlawed, moving about in disguise upon the public highway in order to to, to, um, deprive others of equal protection under the law. They say once considered arcane, the law now has recent... Renewed popularity in lawsuits involving protests. Then they say it's one of the few laws that allow people to accuse federal citizens rather than the federal government of depriving them of citizens' rights. Ladies and gentlemen, they've literally got this hybrid modern day scour the internet for any phrase they can cobble together along with this archaic 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act. That's their goal, to prove conspiracy and say the right-wingers caused all the trouble in Arlotsville. Four years later, that's the trial. It isn't trial about criminal activity. It isn't trial about violence and provable who harmed who. It is a crucifixion, in my opinion, of conservatives. We'll talk about this more next hour. I wanted to set it up this hour, but next hour we're going to dig in. We got a lot to cover, ladies and gentlemen, and not enough time to get it done. James Edwards with me. Thepoliticalaccesspulldotorg is the 1955. I won't sit on the I won't get my seat up on the bus related to all this, to current immigration and for the crucifixion of these people 4 years later who never got a speedy trial, who never got the due process of law while they protect the other side of the eye of the left, the violent antifa, etc. That's what we're seeing unfolding before our very eyes right now. Hour one of the can, two coming up. Sam and James shall indeed break it down for you. Oh, heavens. God save the republic.
0: Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable
4: Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. This is the broadcast for October 22nd, or 7th, wow, October 27th, in the year of our Lord, 2021, hour two of two, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. We talked about Claudette Calvin One of the first to literally not give up her seat on a bus back in 1955, but of course she didn't get any credit for it. Six days later, or six decades later, she wants justice. What about fake news back in the day and holding those newsmakers and government accountable? They mocked the cops back then. Civil disobedience for the left, always, always praised. Civil disobedience for the right, always, always mocked and shut down as. A bunch of criminals and extremists and racists and haters. Uh, but really, remembering Ch- Chief Drew Lackey and his side of the story is interesting indeed. James Edwards, the political interviewed uh, Drew back in the day. Charlottesville, unite the right. Does it relate? Immigration currently and criminal activity everywhere. Does it relate? I believe it all relates to the civil disobedience that has been taken to extreme and allowed and promoted in government by the left. So we're not gonna look at this, honestly. We're just gonna barbecue the quote white supremacists. Charlottesville Unite the right civil trial begins. It began on Monday. President Trump said there was good people on both, there were very fine people on both sides. Now to make their case, lawyers are combining what they call online evidence gathering along with an archaic law, somewhat obscure law. Back in uh, Civil War eras, okay, so their strategy is anchored in this federal law from 1871 that's often called the Ku Klux Klan Act, and they want to barbecue these people. Now, there's been no due process for the conservative side of the aisle. The liberal side of the aisle, of course, their civil disobedience, just like Claudette, absolutely justified. But the right gets a permit to go to Charlottesville. They're trying to prevent the taking down of statues. They want a peaceful event. They, they get a permit. It all goes wrong and melts down and conservatives are in prison. They're blamed for the violence. But all the liberals, all the Antifa, all the Black Lives Matters, all the communists and socialists are running around free. So much for a speedy trial, it's all blamed on COVID. And now we come back to this situation, James, and say, these people aren't going to get even close to a fair trial. We're going to look back 50 years in history and go, wow, just like we're doing now to 1955, James. It's just a, no, a, a continued crawl towards communism, a crawl it, it, towards it, violence and anarchy and destruction of
2: everything we hold dear. James? And, Sam, I don't know what you have planned for the rest of this hour, but I really think we we could stick with this because I've got some information for you that I can promise you you're not going to be getting anywhere else. Let Yes, I, I mean, ima- imagine if the those who were opposed to the unpopular protests of the 1950s had taken these heavy-handed actions, uh, of course Martin Luther King wanted to be arrested because he knew that the entire system was behind him. Outside of the state governments of the South, uh, the it, the federal court system was behind him. The but federal Let's the, be the clear, he had communist media. money backing him as well. He had all of that, and and the government was behind him, and the media, and all of that. But uh, but look at what we have here where these people are being absolutely uh, at the threat of being completely and utterly ruined uh, for exercising their freedom of speech. Again, we know that the people that were going there were going there to defend the Lee Monument. They weren't going there to mix it up, and uh, the only reason violence happened that day was because uh, the police stood down and allowed it to happen. It is so shocking what has not been reported about this, which is, in fact, the truth, which, again, makes me call into complete question the the narrative we read of the so-called civil rights era, uh, when I can see now in real time the lies, lie after lie after lie, the complete opposite of what happened being reported as truth and the truth being uh, completely dismissed. Uh, There is a book out. uh, Let me start by saying this. There's a book out called Charlottesville Untold. uh, And here's the description of it. Uh, And uh, there's a reason I'm reading this to you. Most Americans used to think of Charlottesville as the seat of the historic, graceful University of Virginia with Thomas Jefferson fascinating home nearby. But since August 12, 2017, Charlottesville, for most people, invokes the idea of a violent white supremacist riot. That's what we've been told by the media and by politicians. We live in a time when BLM and Antifa engage in violence that the media calls peaceful protest and politicians allow to go unpunished, and at a time when a walk through the Capitol building is called an insurrection. Perhaps the time has come for sober minds to take another look at the Charlottesville story. That's what this thoroughly researched book, based on dozens of interviews of people who were actually there, does. If the author's finding or any indication of what actually happened at Charlottesville, the narrative sold to the American people and the world at large turns out to be less than an honest and impartial appraisal of the known facts. Of course, dear reader, it'll be up for you to weigh the evidence, assess the testimonies, and ultimately judge for yourself. So the book is Charlottesville Untold, Sam. Inside Unite the Right. That's the title. It was written by Ann Wilson-Smith. Ann Wilson-Smith is a woman that I've had the opportunity to talk to. She is not an author. Uh, You wouldn't know it after you read the book because the book is incredibly well written. But she's a homeschooling mom who happened to be there that day. This is a homeschooling mother. I've met her in person. Dear, sweet little lady. I mean, truly. And she went to Charlottesville to, lo and behold, protest against the removal of one of her heroes, Robert E. Lee. She didn't go there to terrorize non-whites or to engage in some sort of violent act or with the hopes of of causing trouble. She went there because that's what you do. Um, You have the opportunity to do that in this country. So she wrote this book, and and my work on the political cesspool is heavily cited in this because you know what we did, Sam, unlike the establishment media, what we did on the very night, our, our show, of course, airs on Saturday, on Saturday nights, And the Unite the Right rally took place on a Saturday. And it was just hours before our show went on the air that all of the events of that day unfolded. And so I got on the phone with people who were there. And we interviewed, I would say, no less than 20, 20 eyewitnesses uh, of the events of that day, people who were there in real time, participants of that event. And for the three-hour show we had that night, I still say it's the best show we ever did. After 17 years, and we just celebrated our 17th anniversary. Eyewitness testimony after eyewitness testimony that runs completely uh, in uh, the opposite direction of, of what the version we hear now is. And so this book does that. So if, I say all that to say this. If you want to know what happened. Buy this book, in Charlottesville Untold. Now, they have gone to trial. Now, you're talking about a speedy trial. Well, they're saying it's because of COVID, but COVID took place in, what, March of 2020? Uh, I guess two and a half years wasn't enough time to get them into trial, but now they're there. And, of course, the reason that they delayed it is because they wanted it to be financially crippling. Okay, it was cruel and unusual to continue to have to pay lawyers for four years to even get to trial. The gentleman, Jason Kessler, who was the one who obtained the permit for this rally, Uh, has written on his social media account, Psalm 43, verses 1 and 2, which reads, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me, for you are a God in whom I take refuge. That's what the organizer of the Unite the Right is falling back on in this. But let me tell you another thing. He is giving reports. They are in the courtroom. All of these defendants are in the court right now as we speak. And uh, the trial began with jury selection on Monday, opening testimonies uh, or rather opening uh, arguments are scheduled to take place today. And it's all going to be wrapped up before Thanksgiving. So it's going to go by pretty quickly now that they're finally there. But he is reporting from live inside the courtroom. And um, I want to toss it back to you before the break. But perhaps in the next segment, I can give you some behind the scenes stuff of what's actually happening in the courtroom, stuff that is not being reported on. This thing has blown up again in the media. Uh, The narrative is out there front and center. Uh, As soon as jury selection started on Monday, you got this deluge of white supremacists on trial, hate on trial, blah, 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 blah. All of the stuff you would expect from the controlled press, but you're not hearing what's actually going on in the courtroom. What's going on in the courtroom is pretty interesting. Uh, Sam, do you want to take it from there? Maybe I can come back to that in the next segment. Yes, I do. And I want to basically
1: tie. We started talking about 1955, ladies and gentlemen. We're ending up talking about a current trial going on right this very second, but there's more than one. The FBI has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot, ladies and gentlemen. They found scant evidence it was not an organized plot to overturn the presidential election. That's according to four current and former law enforcement officials, ladies and gentlemen. Now, they say although federal officials have arrested more than 570 alleged participants, the FBI now believes that the, well, evidence shows that the event was not organized by far-right groups, ladies and gentlemen. So now you've got Charlottesville, but you've also got January 6th. And what I'm seeing here, ladies and gentlemen, is the government creates false flag operations. And they did it in 1955 with these girls. Praising, uh, in my opinion, civil disobedience. To now praising it in Chaz. <laughs> and praising it around the country. But when the left does it, it's praised. It's model for solution. It's the only way to have justice and integrity and honor. When the right does anything, it's turned into a violent, well, we got to go back to the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. And now we see these two, and we're finding evidence that it's not, as we were told, not even close. Even the FBI admits now. The liberals literally shouted, insurrection, insurrection, led by the Donald. White supremacists and Donald created an insurrection at the Capitol. Now the FBI, after six-plus months, comes back, and the FBI has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was even organized. It wasn't, and they know it. But the damage is already done. So much for a speedy trap for either case, but I see both cases relating. Government is um, slowly but surely refining how they pull off these false flags, manipulate the conservatives, force them into a corner, lie about them, and get away with it. It happened to Lackey in 55. It's now modern day, and they've got you and I in their crosshairs. When we come back, we'll talk more about Charlottesville Inside Reporting I also want to talk about January 6th. I had inside people there well. Wow.
9: Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be
3: found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
1: Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Charlottesville trial going on now, four years after the fact. No speedy trial, no due process for the right, but the left treated like rock stars as they use an archaic 1871 Ku Klux Klan Act along with modern-day scouring of the Internet for, quote, free speech evidence to barbecue the right. That's what's happening right now in Charlottesville.
2: Inside details from the courtroom, James Edwards. You know, and that whole thing, Sam, is uh, obviously there is no connection between whatever the the Klan was doing in the 1870s and and what these people were trying to do. And, again, how do I know that? Because I I know so many of the people. I know about half of the defendants on trial personally. And this whole thing, well, some of them may have shot their mouths off in private text messages. So you're going to put on trial every black person who says he wants to kill white people? I mean, we see stories about this on a daily basis. Now, they didn't even say that. Yeah, we wouldn't have rap music if that happened so that I'll be in prison. (laughs) So again, I, and by the way, nobody was actually saying that to my knowledge, but I, I'm just giving you an example. Anybody says something untoward on a text message now you're going to that doesn't mean a conspiracy. People give this over-the-top talk and conversation all the time, not defending it, but that's not illegal. Now, if you want to listen to the Charlottesville trials, there is a number you can dial in an access code, and it's, it's open to the public and open to media, open to anyone. You dial the number, you put in the access code, and you will hear everything going on in the courtroom. And I mean, and you will hear it with crystal clear clarity. You'll hear the lawyers, you will hear the jurors, you will hear. Uh, The judge you will hear everything and I've been listening to it these these past couple of days and it's very interesting I think what's going on Jason Kessler who is the primary uh, Defendant in this he is one of about 24 different individuals and organizations in this dragnet that the plaintiffs have have uh, cast But he was the one who obtained the permit so the the, the actual lawsuit is called signs versus Kessler and Jason Kessler is live tweeting from inside the courtroom and uh, just a couple, I'll read just a couple of his things. Um, one is that the attorneys for the plaintiffs are finding out that the Western District of Virginia is more than just Charlottesville. Charlottesville is a very left-wing liberal college town. But this isn't a Charlottesville city trial. It's a federal trial in the Western District of Virginia. And that includes a lot of rural areas. And you are finding out during the jury selection process that not all of these people love Antifa and uh, consider them to be terrorists. Uh, for instance, one juror was asked if he has ever been the victim of violence, and he said he remembers being the victim of anti-white racist violence. And then the plaintiffs immediately jumped on him and started interrogating him about whether or not he's a white supremacist. So you see what's going on here, ladies and gentlemen. They ask these jurors questions as they determine whether or not they're going to be fit to serve on the on the jury. And when one said he was, had been attacked by a black man before, or uh, he believes that is the predominant um, form of racial Violence, uh, currently, they asked if he was a white supremacist. So that's how these terms are are being defined. Uh, But uh, to to go on, and I'm just going to browse through here very quickly and read some of the things that these potential jurors are saying, okay? And again, we don't know these people. You know how jury selection works. You get a letter in the mail, you show up. Nobody knows who these people are. Completely random members of the community. Uh, One juror says his brother-in-law is a police officer. And it blamed the errors on the Charlottesville Police Department for the violence that day. Uh, One said that he isn't worried about anti-Semitism because he just doesn't believe that we have a problem with that today. Current juror testified about his unfavorable view of Black Lives Matter. He said he witnessed rioting that damaged a courthouse in Lynchburg, Virginia, and defined Antifa as domestic terrorists. Yeah, imagine having to be like that,
1: ladies and gentlemen, and then saying that, and hey, you're not a juror now. That's for sure.
2: Well, this is something that I learned in, in in listening to this is that I guess people probably know this, but each side, the the plaintiffs, and the defendants, their attorneys have strikes, and you can strike up to a certain amount of jurors from consideration to be included in uh, what will be the uh, the final jury. Uh, the plaintiffs' attorney ran out of their strikes well in advance of the defendants. So what that leads us to to know is that these jurors aren't coming in here trained little dogs from what the the media coverage of this has encouraged them to believe. And even in the, the face of unbelievable pressure to stick it to the defendants in this case, I mean, it's sort of like the Derek Chauvin trial where you know what the expected decision is supposed to be. Several potential jurors said they are afraid to serve on the jury because if they don't give the verdict that society wants, they're afraid of violence coming to their home. One juror went off on anti-white hatred in society, saying there is more hatred against whites than Jews, blacks, and other groups. Um, he says you see it everywhere you look, on every channel. Um, but that he could be impartial. So, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, just listening to what's happened the last couple of days, uh, reading what the primary defendant is tweeting out about what's happening in the courtroom, I don't know, Sam, if the hand hasn't been overplayed. I mean, the, obviously in the Derek Chauvin trial, um, you know, justice wasn't served there. I've been in court, and, and justice wasn't served, but we'll see. I, I tell you what, this is going to be a case to remember. The, I don't think we can overstate or overemphasize this, how huge this case is because it's going to be let a very chilling this. effect very chilling effect on, on freedom of speech if this goes by badly. Sorry, Sam.
1: Amen to that. Here's what we really need to do. Forget the left and the right paradigm. They use that to divide the people. What they really need to do is say this. Who created an act of violence? Who was alleged to create act of violence? Who literally harmed someone? In other words, who broke the law? We need to get a list of those names. They need to have their own individual trials based on the facts. And if they did create havoc or violence or whatever else, then they need to be prosecuted. Uh, if somebody was defending themselves, um, then we need to give a, 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 you know, a reality check for that saying, hey, you know, now I don't know why the police aren't on trial for this. They're the ones that brought both groups together, literally forced them to interact instead of doing their jobs properly. The right had a permit for this. The other side did not. That needs to play into this trial. So will we have justice? I am guessing not in this liberal bastion. But I pray the answer is yes. And ladies and gentlemen, same thing with the January 6th attack. Every time you have the government painting this narrative that turns out not to be true. They told you in the January 6th uh, attack that, A, it was the white-wing extremists. It was organized from the highest levels. Even Congress was in on the organization. Republican members of Congress were. Now the FBI says there's scant evidence of that. It's not true. But nevertheless, same thing with the the left-right riots in Charlottesville. You know, Donald Trump said there's good people on both sides. By inference, there's bad people on both sides. He got slaughtered for that. But look. Liberty News Radio is at the center of almost everything important in the nation. I, I kid you not. I don't understand. Hear, how this hear. A little teeny radio network can get this done. It's by the grace of Almighty God and the Widow's Might Network, I'm telling you right now. So I covered literally January 6th live. People were on the streets in Washington, D.C., on the radio with me. Right after the fact, I had witness after witness parading on the broadcast, telling their side of the story, and it's not as the government told you. We knew that back then. It took the FBI literally months to come to the same conclusion that we documented, literally live on the spot. James Edwards was the same day as the Charlottesville fiasco, having, again, parading witnesses, telling the tale of truth. Truth tellers on your radio, on scene, from the event personal experiences. I mean, how do we report so succinctly on these things? We're tiny, James, with no funding at all. And we're at the center of it all with the truth months before even the FBI gets it, James.
2: It's an amazing thing, Sam, and it's only truly by the grace of God and by his good humor that we have been allowed to do these things. And, of course, our dogged tenacity to seek out the truth, even in these controversial and third-rail stories that we would be personally better off not covering. It only opens us up to attack, uh, to weigh in and and have a say in these things. But we've been able to do it in such a high-profile way. I mean, again, literally the only book on record. Obviously, we've done radio. That's a different form of media. That's a spoken verbal media. But the only book, the only... You know, you would say brick and mortar if it was a building, but the only tangible piece of media that you can hold in your hand and read that's been written on this, from the perspective of the defendants, uh, we are heavily cited in the work of of this radio network. It's heavily cited throughout this book that is meticulously researched, and everything is backed up by a fact. And and by the way, it is heavily cited too. Uh, the author gives you QR codes that you can you can scan with your phone and take you to document after document after document. That proves the official narrative on Charlottesville is totally bogus. And there was an article that came out today on the UNS review that said if justice was served, it would be Governor Terry McAuliffe on trial this week and not Jason Kessler. They forced there to be a conflict. They wanted there to be violence so they could uh, further chill uh, the freedom of speech of dissident activists that's not america these are anti-american people these are thugs these are criminals i think uh, that are actively working to undermine the constitution and our freedoms and listen no matter if you agree with me or not you don't have to agree with me i know you're just hearing it and you got to take my word for it and that's hard to do if you don't know me well uh, no no, but no you can I go think you have research to
1: the book and scan the qr codes and you can go listen to the reporting that we did back in the day it's all archived
2: for you ladies and gentlemen what's the name of the book again james Charlottesville Untold, Inside the Unite the Right by Ann Wilson Smith. You can get it at shotwellpublishing.com. Shotwell Publishing.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, quick pause. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pryde. Nearly a half million homes are without power in Massachusetts Wednesday morning as a nor'easter soaked the region with fierce winds and heavy flooding. The state's outage map shows 473,200 homes without power as of 8.20 a.m. local time. Wind gusts reached 97 miles an hour at the height of the storm. And although the winds are dying down, gusts are still reaching around 70 miles an hour on the Outer Cape early Wednesday. Attorney General Merrick Garland will testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday. He's expected to face questions about the politicization of the Justice Department. Republican members of the committee will likely focus on issues related to Hunter Biden, school boards, and critical race theory, while Democrats are likely to focus on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Which U.S. state has the lowest COVID-19 rate right now? Florida. In mid-August, Florida had the worst rate of infections and has completely turned that around. USA Radio News. There's a lot of confusion about how to protect yourself
2: from COVID. With guidelines and regulations changing by the week, one thing is certain you need an accurate thermometer for your family to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Only the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non contact thermometers. They have no scientific studies behind them and can miss the fever that might mean COVID. Learn more at Exogen.com. Exogen is changing the
7: way the world takes temperature. Can I get a weight reading
5: on the cat in exam 3? Zuri needs a new vet tech after their current one literally moved to a farm. But finding an ideal replacement takes some training. This is
7: like hurting cats.
5: Indeed can help them hire great people fast.
7: I need Indeed.
5: Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Let's get an update on President Biden's spending bill that has zero Republican support. Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports.
2: Moderate and progressive Democrats are continuing to try and finalize a price tag for the budget reconciliation bill, as it will be far below the originally
4: advertised $3.5 trillion. Wyoming Senator John Barrasso says no matter what the price is, Americans will still have to pay for it everybody's going to end up having to pay for this if they get to finally figure out what's going to be in it and how they want to pay for it, but everyone's going to get hit one way or the other. That audio courtesy of Fox News, the Biden administration says it has framework to pay for the bill and they would never increase taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
0: As Tuesday's nor'easter winds down along the east coast, flooding continues to be a concern. USA Radio News.
1: Back in your life, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Hey Rosa Parks, Claudette Calvin. And uh, remembering the reality of what happened back then and how it ties to civil disobedience today when the right does it, criminals, KKK people, uh, bad guy. When the left does it, it's praised as the only way to get things done. In fact, the ends justify the means. But whether we're talking about the Charlottesville Unite the Right civil trial begins now, whether we're talking about the FBI finding scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was highly organized The FBI is saying, no, it wasn't. James Edwards covered Charlottesville like nobody's business. I covered January 6th like nobody's business. Live witnesses parading on the radio telling you that isn't how I saw it. That isn't what I experienced. Wait a minute. That's not how it went down. When I was there, that's not how it was. And on and on and on. Go listen to our archived radio broadcasts for more details. But I'm telling you right now, the book, Charlottesville Untold. Inside Unite the Right, And Wilson-Smith wrote the book ShotwellPublishing.com to learn more, to get your copy, and read the truth today. Uh, that is really important. But, man, this little teeny network, we've literally covered these um, events like nobody's business. Feet on the ground, on your radio, real-time, eyewitnesses, firsthand experience, documenting what really went down, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, you've been propagandized to the highest order by your mainstream press. But you know what? Truth tellers are on your radio, James.
2: They are, Sam. And it was just, uh, I I didn't go to Charlottesville. Uh, I didn't have any hand in the planning. But I am a man who is proud of his southern patrimony. So when an issue this big came up uh, that dealt with the preservation of a Confederate monument, a monument to Robert E. Lee, who was more than a Confederate, obviously just a great exemplary American, I obviously were, was going to know a lot of people who were going to be there, and that's how we were able to, to get in there with those phone calls and, and, and just have so many people on the on the air that day from Charlottesville. Remember, this wasn't some white supremacist violent uh, initiative. That's not what they were going there hoping to do. They were going there hoping uh, to at least speak out against the movement to remove this beautiful piece of, of art, this statue, this monument. Uh, so that that's what it was all about. But, yes, I mean, the, the truth is out there. It's like X- icon. The truth is out there. It's like the X-Files, but <laughs> it's, just, it's convoluted. But i got to say, again, for the point of emphasis, if we know and we do know, we do know. You might not know, but it's true, and I know. They're lying about Unite the Right, Charlottesville. They're lying about January 6th. And if they're lying about that, can we really trust their version of the truth from the 1950s era? I can't. I'm sorry. I don't.
1: I can't, I don't, I won't. Also, they basically promote the Holocaust. If we bring up anything that's a chink in their armor, they say we're deniers. I'm not denying the Holocaust, although I don't believe the official government narrative on it either. But they s- simply rel- relegate a whole of more on the ash heap of history. But yet, hey, we want to talk about you know how does that work? So the history is all mixed up. They have an agenda a mile wide and an inch deep. It's tragic to say the least. But now we got to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, ladies and gentlemen, because it's starting now as well. And There's some fascinating things that have come from the judge on this. Remember, Kyle Rittenhouse is the guy that – how does it work? He shot some guys uh, defending himself and defending uh, – it's crazy because the narrative on that is completely mixed up too. But here's what the judge said really quick, then I'll turn it over to you on this, James. Men shot by Kyle Rittenhouse – during the Kenosha protests can be called rioters, looters, and arsonists and cannot be called victims, says the judge.
2: James. I'm looking at it right now, Sam. I'm looking at that, and that was, uh, look, in the grand scheme of things, that's not A huge deal, but what I think it does show is that there is at least some impartiality here with regards to the judges and the situation with Kyle Rittenhouse and in Charlottesville, respectively. Uh, uh, The judge's name in Charlottesville is Judge Moon, and Judge Moon has overruled the uh, attorneys for the plaintiffs and ruled against them in some of the decisions coming from the bench and some of the requests that they have. Uh, according to what I've heard by listening live to the proceedings and by some of the reports that are coming out on social media, that, again, nobody's touching in the establishment press. Uh, so I, there's still going to be such tremendous pressure that's already been admitted by the people in jury selection that, hey, I'm worried because if if I get on this case uh, and if I hear the findings and if I'm led to, by truth and facts, rule in a certain way or decide this case in a certain way as a juror i'm afraid and 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 several jurors said this that somebody's going to come to my house and harm me or my family Uh, but the thing here it still is is noteworthy you got this judge i mean kyle rittenhouse that's another huge case this was the case in kenosha wisconsin where there was a black lives matter riot they were burning down the city probably ill-advised i mean very different than charlottesville fundamentally uh, that kyle rittenhouse would go there as sort of like a defender of public property, as, as, as a young man, kind of go there and insert himself into this riot, this violent, it wasn't mostly peaceful, it was completely violent, as so many of them were, so he inserted himself into there, very different than a permitted freedom of speech rally at a public park, but I think you can still certainly make the case that it was self-defense. Now, yes, if he hadn't gone there uh, armed. Uh, there would have never been an incident, and he didn't have any real reason to be there. It wasn't his property, but he was there. I, I do think he should probably be found not guilty as well. Uh, but there's tremendous pressure for uh, him to be cast as the villain and the um, destructive anarchist to be cast as the victims, and this is, again, to the exact point. I'm reading from CNN, a hardly an arbiter of truth here. As trial approaches, Judge Will now uh, will allow the men Kyle Rittenhouse shot to be called rioters or looters, but not victims. Uh, very interesting. Say very noteworthy.
1: Yes, very noteworthy. Um, they say men shot by Kyle Rittenhouse during Kenosha protests can be called rioters, looters, and arches at trial cannot be called victims. Now here's the next thing that's very interesting: video of officers thanking Kyle Rittenhouse during the quote Kenosha riots last year can be used in next week's trial judge rules these are just some of the rulings that are setting up the parameters for the case so the video can be played where the police officers are thanking kyle saying thank you for your help basically kyle's claiming that he was helping the cops knowing this was going to go wrong and saying hey i wanted to be a, a citizen supporter of the police now you can say, well, yep. he doesn't have the right to do that. That's another debate. But that's his contention that hey, I was just defending myself, and I was trying to support the cops. This was getting out of hand, and the cops literally well, the video look, thank him. And there's two ways played. to look at that. That can be played in the trial, James. He had God. a lot
2: of support from law enforcement. Sam, you're right to bring that up. He had a lot of support from law enforcement in the immediate aftermath of this. And, in fact, a lot of high-profile Trump uh, surrogates were, were fundraising for him and things like that. So, yes, that, that that's true. And, and, yes, you could argue, well, it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't gone there uninvited. But, of course, it wouldn't have happened if the anarchists hadn't been there uninvited tearing down the city. Uh, so uh, I think that's just about a wash there. And uh, he was in fear of his of his life, apparently, and that's why he started taking a couple of shots there. Uh, so it, I, I, the timing of all this is, is remarkable as well. Here you have two major cases, Charlottesville and and Rittenhouse, after so many years respectively, and they're popping at the same time. There's going to be a lot to, to watch and talk about. And, and, again, it's not just because, hey, we, we're in favor of these people or this guy and, and not the opposition, so it's sort of like we're rooting for our own team here. It's a lot different than that. It's a lot more important than that. If these cases go sideways – um, especially in Charlottesville, your entire right to freedom of speech and assembly is absolutely shot. Absolutely shot. So well, th- basically, no, if, hold, if, on, if Char- hold on, hold if, on, hold on. Back- hold on. We're talking
1: about the First Amendment, and there's five guarantees in the First Amendment. You just mentioned two of them: right to peacefully assemble, okay. But you also got and free speech. But you also got to realize redress of grievances is one of the five too, and that will be shot down because look, these gentlemen. Many of them were involved in self defense. Many of them had no choice. Many of them weren't even really that violent. They're just basically supposedly the bad guys for planning it in the first place, is their kind of thing. So, three out of the five fundamental guarantees, maybe five of them, uh, are literally violated in this. Your right to peacefully assemble, James, your right to free speech, your right to a redress of grievance. But then the other one, your right to your religion. Uh, many people believe that Robert E. Lee and an in, 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 in accurate history is a religious mandate. mandate. Uh, the other thing that's interesting about this is uh, what about freedom of the press? They're now using this archaic law from 19, or 1871, the KKK Act, in conjunction with now combing the press or the freedom of the press for individuals, which is the Internet right now, uh, for, a, what do you want to call it, evidence against them? So literally all five guarantees in the First Amendment violated uh, if we lose these, James.
2: Yeah, that's right, Sam. And uh, by the way, the Antifa is is putting out uh, posters of the defendants on trial, saying, "Hey, if you see these people, you know, you fill in the blank as to what's supposed to happen." And and stalking these people as they come out of the courtroom. I mean, I, I, of course, that's very interesting. But I but I have watched so many hours of unedited video footage, uh, chronological video you're not the proponent of violence if you defend yourself if if the violence is visited upon you and you try to get out of it or defend yourself or fight back it's like well he hurt the antifa's hand well what happened well when the antifa was beating his skull in his knuckles got bruised you know that, that's basically what yeah got i hate here. it when that happens ladies and gentlemen
1: all right quick pause we got a lot more where that came from let's go brandon Yeah, civil disobedience on the bus back in 55. Charlottesville and modern time trial begins. Unite the Right trial. Charlottesville untold an inside view of Unite the Right. Shotwell Publishing and Wilson Smith. Uh, the men shot by Kyle Rittenhouse can be called rioters. Yeah. They can't be called victims, though, but they can be called rioters, looters, and arsonists. Video of officers thanking Kyle Rittenhouse for his, their support can be used in the trial. So these two trials are going on right now. But ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that government is just refining how they handle false flags and how they create these crises in America where the Hegelian dialectic is used to promote communism and socialism and civil disobedience and destroy all of our laws. The border comes to mind front and center. We call them undocumented immigrants. Uh, You steal a car and you're a criminal and you go to jail. They steal a car and, well, they just didn't have documentation for the borrowing of the vehicle. That's all undocumented borrowers is what they're called all right now you got a poll out let's go brandon <laughs> it's widespread and popular they say ladies and gentlemen and how does this relate so really around the country people are saying f joe biden okay and a journalist uh, eventually said let's go brandon is what it was and then it took off uh but the reality is most americans 80 percent are saying hey running around saying f joe biden is the way to go to shove show our civil disobedience against Joe uh, and uh, whether you like um, let's go Brandon or the F Joe Biden I don't see how one comes out of the other personally and they're so opposite uh, but nevertheless um, Americans now think it's appropriate just to use that kind of language publicly in stadiums all over the country ladies and gentlemen I don't like Joe I think Joe's a criminal and I think we should prosecute him to the fullest extent of the law I think you about him be impeached then he'd be on trial for treason that's my personal opinion to which I'm entitled um, but I don't really support the F. Joe Biden stuff. I just think it's a waste of time. It's crude. it It literally, in my opinion, destroys the narrative of America when women and children are present, and you got this going on. It's a disgrace, but most Americans support it, James.
2: Yeah, okay, uh, I'm glad you said that, I, and I want to touch on this very quickly. Uh, we were at um, we were out and about at a at a park last week. the uh, fall weather setting in. It's just beautiful, beautiful, and it was a crowded park. And my wife and our three children were just walking around and over the course of a couple of hours, I heard I would say Sam, probably at least three, maybe four, just in the course of a couple of hours preteens i mean young kids, young kids using the f word and just crude language just as they walk past us in casual conversation with their uh, group that they were with it's just so, it's so tacky it's 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 gross is what it is. So I I'm I'm with you on the language, but uh with the story of Let's Go Brandon, if people are unaware, so there was this uh NASCAR driver named Brandon. I don't even know his last name, but his first name was Brandon, and he won Talladega, which is one of these big stops on the NASCAR circuit. And as he was giving his victory interview, his post race interview to a reporter Uh, All of the crowd that was within earshot in the stands were chanting F Joe Biden to the to the top of their lungs. It was so clear and obvious what they were saying. They were saying F Joe Biden and the reporter who was interviewing Brandon, who had just once said, oh, listen, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. And I think that just go. And of course, it got went viral because it was just so absurd. It was just it mocked and rightly so. It just goes to show, though. Lying is instinctive. It's just, it's, they tell a lie when it's twice as easy to tell the truth. I mean, obviously, she couldn't say what they were saying, but she could have just not acknowledged She could have said, they're it. saying
1: F Joe Biden, shame on them, like I would have.
2: She could have said that. She could have said like, that, or she could have just said when you nothing.
1: Have when you have stadiums chanting F Joe Biden, how do you, why are you surprised when little kids use those words every day? All the time. Okay, all,
2: all, all, all that's fine and, and the, the whole thing about them saying that uh, I mean I, I think that their anger is certainly well placed but the, the no application question. maybe could have been uh, a, a little more appropriately done but to, to me that's not even the story. The story here is here's the media once again even on something so simple and benign as this thing um, just lying just outright lying and you know you're lying and you know you're not hearing let's go Brandon you're right there I mean well, if and, I can hear I tell you camera, how we
1: know the reporter's lying.
2: If the reporter really thought it
1: said let's go Brandon at the time, which I don't see how, but let's say the reporter really thought that. The second this started to go viral, the reporter could have stood up and said, listen, I totally got this wrong. But the reporter said nothing. They've just let it go as kind of yeah. their, their latest, you know, whatever. It's a disgrace on so many fronts, it's shocking. Why do I bring it up now? Because you're literally creating more and more angst to move towards civil war in America. And whether it's Charlottesville, whether it's 1955, whether it's the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, whether it's the January 6th scenario, whether it's I can go on and on and on and on masks versus not masks. vaccine they are literally fomenting for war in America, ladies and gentlemen and they're getting closer and closer to making it happen. Sam and I got better be aware quick, ladies and gentlemen because it's coming. write it down and remember who told you first.
2: 10 seconds and that is there will be a balkanization of America. And it will most likely happen in our lifetime. It could, it could actually happen quite quickly. If, if Trump, just some wild scenario, if Trump was to be reelected, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that the left-wing states m- might secede. This country as it exists now will not exist for much longer. That has been thrust upon us. That is not what we wanted. That's not the way we would have had it. But this country is not going to exist as a... Uh, in the 50-state geographical makeup that it is now for much longer. It's coming apart at the seams. We agree on nothing. We are much more divided now than we were during the Civil War. It's inevitable that it's going to fall apart.
1: And let me give you a couple of uh, anecdotes to make the point. uh, A reporter trashed us for an event we had, literally lied through his teeth about us and our intentions and who we are and, and everything else. Uh, and I literally got a hold of the reporter and had an email conversation with the reporter. And the reporter basically lied on several fronts. But in the end of the day, I said, "Can we get on the radio and talk about this together?" And he basically said, "Hey, for me to talk to you on the radio, Sam, is a bridge too far. It would be unethical for me to even literally engage with you on any subject. <laughs> and
2: well, we can I talk about, about you.
1: Well, we can't yeah, talk he can to talk you. about me and abuse me and lie." But he can't talk to me in a meaningful two-way discussion. And I wrote back and I said, you know what, sir? If we cannot listen and talk in America anymore, we're in serious, serious trouble. Thank you for your time. And I was polite to this gentleman the yeah, whole there's time, no- but he literally said it was unethical to even discuss things
2: with me publicly. It's uh, and, and that's par for the course with the media now. There is no nuance. There is no discussion. There is catechism. There is catechism, and there is narrative, and they speak with a single voice on it. There is a single voice that they speak through with regards to their reaction to Trump. To any issue, there is a single voice, uh, and almost never, if not never, is it the truthful voice. Uh, you, whatever it is, if it's the vaccines, if it's Charlottesville, if it's Trump, if it's the Civil Rights Movement, if it's they all speak with one voice, and it's, it's never uh, – in it, 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 any story of any importance uh, in accord with the facts. Not that I've seen. All right,
1: a final story to make the point, ladies and gentlemen. Listen carefully to what I'm telling you. So there's a guy by the name of Dr. Scott Jensen. He's a physician. He's also a state senator, believe it or not, in Minnesota. So he's a physician and a current state senator. He is now running for governor of that same state. And he says his medical license has been investigated five times. Why? Because of complaints against his positions on issues related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Jensen said, I don't mind. I'll respond to the complaints. But he warns citizens. He warns us as citizens of people who want to Politically weaponize medicine. And then he says, if it can happen to me, it can happen to you. Dr. Scott Jensen, ladies and gentlemen. And his license is under fire because he questions masks. He questions the lies of Fauci. He questions the medical science behind it all. He's a physician, remember. And because of that, he's been investigated five times. He happens to be in the political realm. He's a current state senator in Minnesota now. Uh, And he's running for governor. But I think there's no accident that he's been investigated five times. And you know what? It's happened to Trump. It's happened to this doctor. It's happened to the people, the right side of the people in Charlottesville, the people that are on the right side of the discussion. It's literally happened through our history. And, ladies and gentlemen, we better wake up. And get a handle on this because if it can happen to Dr. Scott Jensen, if it can happen to Donald Trump, if it can happen to Mike Flynn, if it can happen to James Edwards saying that he's a member of the KKK and a leader of the KKK when it's not even factual, but yet don't worry, it's okay because of Aesop's fables. If it can happen to me, I got (laughs) attacked by the IRS, the FCC, and the USDA all at the same time, and I beat them all. Thank the good Lord. But I'm telling you right now, if it can happen to us, ladies and gentlemen, it can and will happen to you. It's just a matter of time. James, with that, that's what we're seeing in America, false flags foment, abuse of all things godly, all things God, family, and country, sir.
2: Yeah, this is an interesting story and a nice capstone to what has been really one of the fastest two hours I've ever had on this program uh the situation with the doctor it doesn't have the racial animus that the media loves to, to foment. i mean they love picking off the scabs of of racial uh, of old racial wounds and, and racial tensions uh, and it doesn't have to be that way it shouldn't be that way but um the situation with the doctor and uh, it's 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 radicalized people it's radicalized good god-fearing tax paying Conservatives And by, by radicalize I mean they're not going out and advocating for violence or doing anything untoward, nor should they. Uh, but there is poll after poll now that fleshes out the uh, number of people who are in favor of secession now uh, is skyrocketing. Uh, the number of people who believe that there is an anti-white and anti-Christian bias from our media and government is skyrocketing. And there is a metric, there is a way to test the political stress level. And the political stress level in this country right now is equal to or greater than where it was in 1861. And and when you have pressure that is built that much, the pressure has to be released somehow. And how that happens, um, it's going to be interesting to see, but it will happen, and, and I pray that it happens peacefully.
1: And I pray for peace. We follow the Prince of Peace, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm telling you, I'm afraid, and it's starting to look more and more and more like this, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't wear a mask, if you won't get vaxxed, If you are white, um, you know what? You are the terrorist of modern times. You are the enemy. And all things holy, all things God, family, and country are um, literally uh, attacked, maligned, abused, and more and more Americans will get marginalized. And at some point, we're not going to tolerate it. We're going to push back. Remember, the first line or the front line people that were in the medical industry were praised till the cows came home. Until they decided they didn't want vaccines because they don't believe they're safe and effective. Until they decided they didn't want to wear a mask. Until they decided that Fauci's a loony bin nutcase that's bent on destruction. And now all these same people that were heroes just mere months ago are now enemies of the state. Literally terrorists. Lose your job. Who cares about you? We hope you die. The vaccinated are the, quote, first class. The upper class, the elite, you and I, if we're not masked, if we're not vaccinated, well, hey, we, you can't even get an organ transplant. Just die, you fool that won't t- uh, take the max. This is where we've come to in America, ladies and gentlemen. We'll watch these trials. We'll watch these fault lines. We pray for peace, but I'm telling you, they're fomenting for war. They're using the border as their capstone to bring in all kinds of armed to the teeth drug cartels Slave trade sex cartel leaders and the communists and the socialists in bed with our government are going to lead civil war with that narrative. You better wake up and get involved in the solutions, ladies and gentlemen. This is the one and only truth-telling Liberty Roundtable Live. For James Edwards, org. I am Sam Bushman, LibertyRoundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. We, the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, can and will restore America. But, buddy, you got to get involved. you got to put your money where your mouth is. God save the Republic of the United States of America.